0: We'll Welcome to Open Mind QFO Radio. I'm your host, Alejandro Ross, and I'm here with Mr. Martin. How are you doing, Martin? Hey,
1: I'm doing great. It sounds, hey, check your mic. Check your mic.
0: It's right Is here. It
1: okay? Uh, okay. All right. It just sounds yeah. like it went out. All right. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, can you hear it? Yeah, It's. it sounds okay, but it was at first I was wondering. Okay. We're good to go. Hi, everyone.
0: Check, check, check okay so we're good you're saying yes we're good yeah all right so yeah welcome everybody i am at my place in california as you can see essentially open mind uh uh headquarters and i'm still messing with the lights i've got a bit of a shadow on my forehead from my hat but i wanted to wear my hat to celebrate mars yeah perseverance uh rover
1: Awesome. That was so awesome. I love watching those. Well, you can't actually see it, but, you know, mm-hmm. I like to watch the reactions and the the uh, count, countdown to the landing and all that. It's just
0: great. Yeah, it's really exciting. So lots of people saying hello in the chat. Um, one interesting hey, thing, too, it, it's really good. Uh, this rover, past rovers, didn't really have the ability to look for life. That wasn't their purpose. They were looking for geological uh, information about uh, the planet or, or, uh, and the soil and everything. But it, it didn't really have the ability to look at the level to find life. Just bring back samples to see if there's something in there. But now this one can look for uh, some more markers that will get whether there's life out there. So that's what's really exciting about this one. Finally, they have something, you know, that can um, look for life
1: you know if i was in charge i don't know about you (laughs) but i if i was in charge of the mars rovers that's the first one i'd send
0: i know to look for life i agree with you and i think it was kind of silly it was a little difficult and i've talked to and i've interviewed some scientists about this in the past here in open minds and i can't remember all of the details but, yeah, it was kind of silly that uh, they weren't able to do that in the past. They just didn't prioritize it. And, of course, space is at a premium uh, on the rovers for the different types of experiments they could do. But that seems to be one of the very most important. So I was always surprised by that, too.
1: Yeah. Well, I think they spent something like $2.7 billion. Um, But, you know, it's really, to me, it, it's such a miracle how... This, you know, the umbilical thing, you know, that type of uh, uh, the, the drop, the parachute, the drop. And then, yeah, that, amazing. The, oh,
0: my God. I can't yeah, if believe you, it all works. I know. You know. If you all haven't seen this, you really have to, because, you know, things have changed quite a bit. Um, I have so much space stuff in here, but I don't have a little model rocket surprisingly although i might have my rocket pen is it here from nasa no i don't have it here i'll have to look for it but the point is i'll use my pen is that the the spacex rockets are going and then they come falling down but they're made to like you know be able to write themselves and then thrust to slow down their their fall of course the last one tried to turn around and it only got this far and then exploded his big one. Boom. Yeah. But yeah, with this thing, if you're not aware, it came in. I'll use my my cover here. It came in and it had a parachute. So not too abnormal, right? Well, the parachute then drops it and it's got this little lander like you're talking about that it's attached to with cables and it had the thrust to really like fly around Mars and then drop it off. Pretty incredible. And then
1: all the cables release the umbilical releases that the umbilical is sending information back and forth constantly. Mm -hmm. And then it just releases and flies off and crashes in a safe distance. I mean it's
0: extraordinary.
1: It really is. And that it all worked and it went through entering the atmosphere, the heat, the the cold temperatures are just hard to even you know conceive what they're like. It went through mm-hmm. all that and everything worked. It's it it baffles me every time. And I'm yeah. So, you know, I mean, it'd be terrible if it didn't work, but yeah, still,
0: yeah. yeah. So really exciting stuff. Um, and uh, there's been a couple, there's someone in the chat, of course, this always comes up. Some people making fun of NASA because, of course, pe- some people think NASA is hiding a bunch of stuff. I don't believe that at all. Not one iota. Um, There are some good articles out, though, right now about how in 1976, and in fact, we have a really good video on this right here on the Open Mind YouTube. It's an interview that we had at the Congress between Lee Spiegel and uh, Dr. Hoover, this uh, NASA scientist who worked on astrobiology. But how they felt in 1976 that perhaps they had received some imagery and data that proved there was life on Mars. That data was since destroyed Uh, Hoover said it was a conspiracy, more along the lines of this scientist who was just kind of a jerk, who, no, that's not what this is. There's no life here. And then, and he just wanted the subject over and done with. I'm sure you remember that interview. Uh,
1: I don't, not in that. And I didn't remember Uh, Lee Spiegel's interview, no. But I I heard something about what you're talking about. I mean, that's, Mm -hmm. yeah. So there has been more
0: talk about this incident lately and how we should retry that experiment they did in 1976. So we'll see what happens there. But it's a great video. People got to watch that interview. It's right here on the Open Minds uh, YouTube page.
1: I I think I remember how they did the experiment. It was something about uh, not planting, but something to see if there was any reaction, right? Is that, is that the one to see if there was any metabolic uh, organic reaction to.
0: Uh-oh. Uh Oh. Oops. But there are some good articles on it out there. I've seen the headlines, but I haven't read them yet. So I don't remember the details, but check it out. Otherwise face on Mars. There's at least one person talking about the face on Mars and Cydonia <laughs> and all of that kind of stuff. But I personally feel that that stuff is very, very thoroughly been debunked, especially at this point when you can go look at Mars. You can look at almost all of the moon and Mars in pretty good detail. Um, Well, you
1: can definitely see why people thought that. I mean, that first image that came out of that, Mm. it did look like a face.
0: Mm -mm. (laughs) Maybe.
1: Maybe. But it was just I the, never was it was it the was. angles of the light and, you know, all that that type of thing. Just one of I those mean, things.
0: Yeah, always what you got to do with any imagery, if you suspect something like that, is look at a different angle. And that really will usually tell you everything. And that one certainly did. Um, yeah. But let's get into some more UFO. Oh, let's see. Oh, Jay Ramirez says, I want to know about... Um, Something about a a live alien at Area 51 S4. First of all, there was no S4 like Bob Lazar talks about. At least there's zero evidence for it. You can look at pages and there isn't anything there. S4 is allegedly where this guy Bob Lazar, you know, looked at, uh, uh, worked on back engineering spacecraft. And he talked about how the seats seemed small, like for children. Uh, There have been since rumors from people who have come out to say there were aliens that they worked at at the site, none of that is substantiated. Are we at going all. down the
1: Bob Lazar path again today?
0: <laughs> I know. Well, people ask about it, yeah. and you know what it is—is is I like to give people some information um, just so uh, that they have it, because a lot of p- these people are new, and you may not—you know—be familiar with our takes or anything like that. So.
1: Yeah, I got. Um, I have a question for you. Yeah, there was a website link that you sent me of a guy that did very good research. His name was Tom. Do you know who I mean? It was uh, no. The, the other hand, I think it was called the other hand. Uh, but anyway, there's some great information about Bob Lazar's timeline and uh, all all other. Oh, facts. okay. I know exactly
0: yeah. who you're talking about. Yeah now and uh, yeah exactly I can't remember the name either I put the link in the in there last time oh you did but, yeah um okay. so, yeah, so I would, would have you to look if at they want to go look f- for it again yeah. but yeah put Bob Lazar timeline and it's really good whole history yeah yeah there's a it's very it really clears up it. a um, lot of things mm-hmm. and unfortunately a lot of that valid information is not covered by the people who are pro Bob Lazar yeah. Um, so let's see, let's get some other questions out there. Yeah, otherwise, no, I don't think there's any evidence. There's nothing but silly rumors when it comes to any type of live alien that the government's been working with. Um, if you go look it up, you'll see it's perhaps second, third hand stuff. But uh yeah, really poor. Um, let's see, I'm getting another question here. I want to answer from Lou. Hello, Lou. Um, thanks for joining. Um, I don't see your question, Lou. Lou said, oh, here we go. One out of three. I know your position, MJ12 documents. Uh, I recall years ago you asked John Greenwald. Oh, I don't know. That's part one of two. I don't see your question, Lou. It looks like only one part came along, so you'll have to ask that again. But yeah, when it comes to the MJ 12 documents, uh, their roots is with this guy named Richard Doty, who people have brought up because he's kind of gotten in the news lately. Richard Doty said he hoaxed those documents to trick uh, a UFO researcher into believing there were UFOs and aliens at Kirtland Air Force Base because this engineer uh, who works with Kirtland Air or worked with Kirtland Air Force. Um, he, uh, with lights and stuff over the base. Uh, but what allegedly he was seeing were experiments that were going on at Kirtland and they do some amazing things, uh, some really crazy stuff. Um, Lou, you're going to have to summarize your question. There's no way I'm going to be able to go back and find it. I don't think it was even posted. I couldn't see. Um,
1: yeah, I saw one third of it.
0: Yeah, me too. So I don't think that you posted the rest of Lou, Uh, but, um, but yeah, Kirtland air force base. And, and so he originally came out saying he hoaxed this stuff, which I believe because it's absolutely ridiculous. It's poorly written. It's just absolutely the information is crazy about Buddha and Jesus and all these people being aliens and junk like this. It's, it's ridiculous, but unfortunately it really is the the roots of the mythology when it comes to ufology what a lot of people believe now these alleged a 12 documents this alleged group that came together um and uh, uh um you know was managing this topic and everything again zero evidence at all uh what do i think about eisenhower's granddaughter saying that she people are I think that unfortunately, again, all unsubstantiated. Unfortunately, we're wasting a lot of time with this. You know what? And I've got to stop, I think, maybe wasting all of our time with goofy. And I'll tell you this, Lou m j twelve's a joke. So I don't know I don't know John Greenwald's answers. I'm sure the same. You'd have to ask John Greenwald. But Laura Eisenhower cannot substantiate any of the really crazy, goofy crap that she says, but she's certainly making some good money on lectures and talking about these really goofy ideas. Something about her ex-boyfriend told her people were going off planet to look for aliens or some kind of crap like that. But we're wasting our time with all this junk. So sorry, guys, this is, you know, open minds. I do try to cover credible UFO news and information and uh, there is a lot of stuff out there on some wild stuff, but uh, I'll just tell you if it t- sounds too legit or it sounds too good to be true, it's not true. So Lou, yeah, I don't know. Lou wants to talk about the history of MJ-12. That's not this show. I would say look, uh, Google Richard Doty or Google MJ-12 at Open Minds. I've got videos right here on this channel where I t- review In fact, it's called MJ-12, A UFO Disinformation Scandal, where I've done a lot of research. FOIA documents, everything. I've got a video right here on this channel that you can watch. I would say watch that because uh, you'll see it's just all made up goofiness, uh, which unfortunately, a large part of this UFO field is about. Okay, Joe is asking a great question. So this is a good segue. Uh, welcome to Rodrigo and Lou and Luis and Kevin and Simone. It's so cool. Simone says hi from uh, Casa Grande in Arizona. That's where uh, Doug Smythe oh. lives. Um, but let's see. Joe is saying, um, and did you get a chance to read that, that Black Bolt article that I sent you? Yes. Okay, so Joe is asking a great question, and I think we'll probably take up a lot of the time uh, on the rest of this show talking about this because there's a lot to it. And uh, I think it's very important. Um, But Rodrigo's asking Tom Rogan believes the triangle UFO photo may be coming out at some point. What do I make of this? I have no idea. I know why Tom Rogan would say that. I know what you mean, Joe Rogan? No, oh, Tom
1: Rogan. I don't know who He's that is. So
0: the guy who writes for the Washington Examiner, okay, which is a right-wing kind of paper out there. Um, but uh, I'll address that um, because someone was talking about it earlier. And uh, I think there's some confusion here too. So, okay. There was an article that came out written by Tim McMillan on the debrief. The article talked about how the UIP task force is task force newly created by uh, the intelligence community, the uh, director of national intelligence in particular, um, in order to actually be what people say MJ-12 is to track the UFO situation Uh, And what we know about it. The issue, though, as outlined by Chris, was that a lot of different organizations are getting UFO reports, investigating them here and there. But there's no place where all this information is together. So nobody knows what's going on with these potential incursions by unknown objects. So Chris said we need to gather this information together, uh, have a hub for it, and then people can report to it. And these guys... Um, you know, to have a central location. That's what the Senate Intelligence Committee decided to do, that's what the military decided to do. And according to Lou Elizondo ran the Pentagon program that was investigating UFOs, this UAP task force was his program, uh, which was called the Advanced Aerospace um, Threat Identification Program, ATIP. This new UAP task force is that group. And so UAP task force exists, DOD has acknowledged it, lots of articles out there about it. Um, and allegedly, according to this debrief article, they wrote a couple reports about UFOs that were very compelling, and that went out into the intelligence community on a uh, server that goes out across the world to uh, our different uh, people that work in intelligence. Now, it's classified. It doesn't mean that it's super secret, but it's secret enough where anything you see on there you shouldn't share. It's been a couple leaks out there, but uh, one of the the most Incredible thing that is allegedly in these uh, reports is a photo of a triangular-shaped UFO taken from the cockpit of an F-18 by the pilot. We have not seen that photo. There is a re uh, an animation or an, a piece of artwork that that shows what it looks like on the debrief article. Um, And so Tom Rogan, this writer believes it's gonna come out. I can see why he would think that because there are a lot of people, I mean, the intelligence community is a lot of people. There are people I've talked to who are retired intelligence who have seen that. Um, So in other words, it's out. Um, So will it get leaked? I don't know the likelihood, I don't know. I, I could see how it could be very likely it would get leaked at the same time it hasn't yet. So we'll see. Of course, we're all waiting for that image to come. We're very excited about it. Earlier, and and if you're looking in the chat, Kevin Childress was mentioning earlier how this other picture had come out that was allegedly in these reports, but we have no information about this photo at all. We do know it was taken by the navigator, the second person in an F-18. And it shows uh, what appears to be kind of a triangular shape But it looks kind of like a a Batman balloon, um, which it probably is. But we don't know the context at which this article is shared. In previous slideshows on UAPs that we have seen um, that come from the government, there are several slides of things that are mistaken for UFOs. And that could be what that image was, an example of things that are mistaken for UFOs. But we have no idea. We don't even know if that's true. We've got a lot to uh, a long way to go. Um, David Marlar also thinks that it might get leaked. Who knows? It might. So we'll have to see hmm. Um, Let's see. Rodriguez said right-wing media are very interested in UFOs. Yeah, right. You know, Washington, Tom Rogan is a right-wing writer. Of course, Carlson's been covering the topic. Uh, that's very true. Um, any comment on Tim McMillan and his deputy space command interview? Uh no, I don't, but I think people need to realize, you know, space command is about protecting our space space commerce. I mean, essentially they're there to facilitate and to protect uh commercial uh space industry. And what is that? That is satellites. satellites. We're launching satellites like crazy yeah. GPS, and I don't think people realize this. Um GPS is a service our government provides used to be space command now it's under space force essentially they're the same group but GPS is a service we provide for free to the entire world and wow. of course m- in America more than anywhere we are very very reliant on it our cars are reliant uh, I forget how reliant
1: to, I forget our how phones. to drive I can't remember how to drive anywhere anymore.
0: You know what? I used to be a corporate trainer and I would travel a lot. And when I started doing it, I had to to look at maps and figure yeah. out when I was in the new town. But when remember. I got my iPhone, it was like amazing that I could go. I didn't have to stop periodically to refer to the map. I could just go anywhere and my phone would tell me where to go. I, had like, incredible. A,
1: I had like an Atlas in my car. And then, oh, MapQuest came out. It was like, oh, my, I can look where I'm going and, you know, drive down the road holding a piece of paper. You yeah. know, uh, yeah, the steps we've come in the last uh, 20, 30 years are just just amazing, really. Yeah.
0: Um, Joe, I guess I'll answer these questions real quick as they come so I don't pass them up. But, um, and I guess we'll hear what you want to say. He's asking my opinion on Grant Cameron. Um and something about his relationship with Joe Formage. Okay, Joe Formage was a very rich guy who made a lot of money in the tech industry. Uh, he also lost it. But while he had that money, he was interested in UFOs and tried to start up some UFO projects. Um, he then left um, once he kind of got in trouble and lost his money. And he's come back recently, but unfortunately, a lot of the claims made have turned out to be false. I mean, he hmm. said he was part of... The Space Council, this this group that uh, had been around, it went away uh, years ago and then Trump brought it back. And I think Biden's gonna keep it and the industry would prefer, but it's essentially space insiders that its this panel that refers policy decisions. So they're like, you know, we think the space industry should do this or that. And uh, politicians work off of that um he said he was part of that group and it would come out and he was there to reveal ufos or some kind of crazy stuff grant bought it hook line and sinker and ran with it it didn't come true um i would say this is a common story with grant grant often believes people with wild kind of ideas and then these things don't come true um yeah and grant did vouch for him it, which was a terrible idea so i would say that that grant cameron's a wonderful person he ran he's a nice sites. guy yes yeah he is a one of the coolest guys he ran a site called presidential ufos which is information about presidents and ufos which is chuck full of he was like one of the most important people when it came yeah. to researching that sort of stuff hmm. and now he's gotten more into consciousness and other types of ideas and his ideas have gotten kind of wild Uh, with, you know, disclosure happening and all of this stuff. None of what he's predicted has happened. Nothing. Now, I think he's genuinely looking for the truth. But when you listen to the Dodies or the Joe fermages or uh, a number of uh, the Stephen Greer's, uh, the number of other people up there who seem to be spreading disinformation for, Um, just for themselves. I don't know if it's for self-promotion. I don't know what it is. But Grant is an honest, good person just trying to get, you know, navigate through all this like the rest of us. Um, And to be honest, you know, in a way, this is why I take such a hard line on some of those stuff, because over the years, there's nothing fruitful that comes from most of that other silly I mean, some of you are new to this field and you're thinking, wow, I heard this amazing story and here's Alejandro debunking it. What a jerk. But it's, you know, um, unfortunately you'll find if you've been in this like, like, as long as I have or, or Martin that the stories that are too good to be true are too good to be true. I mean, wouldn't you say that Martin, what did you, especially early, uh, on, you know, do some exciting stories just to be disappointed.
1: Yeah. When I, yeah, when I first got into this topic, I made all kinds of mistakes and um, because I didn't, I didn't know. And, you know, there were people as I went along, you know, I've, I'm new to this topic as far as, you know, I mean, I had my sighting in two thousand and seven and but really got interested in it in two thousand eleven you know ten eleven around there, and really started digging in and so yeah, when you're new to it, it's so easy to get uh led astray and w- see something on YouTube and think you're looking at the real thing and you know uh, you know like that, I talked briefly about an email that I got um from someone this this week like Basically, how do you know who to trust? That's kind of what was coming along and what he was asking. You know, it's hard. It's hard. It is. Yeah. So I think you're you're right. In, and, and I try to do this, too, on my show. And that is to always remind yourself that there's someone new listening mm-hmm. and they don't know. We could be talking about Roswell, which is, you know, beat to death. But they may not even know about, you know, a, a case that we know everything about and talk nonchalantly about
0: yeah i got an email from a listener also has been listening for a while he said there was a very popular person in this field that he was following that's why he got into this field and eventually he came across us you know and what we're doing and he said uh over the years though he's found some of his favorite people um including this person are just full of it like you know all of these stories that they're putting out there they may believe there's something to it but I, I shouldn't say full of it they're just wrong that these there's nothing to these stories and it took him years and he feels duped and he feels upset that these people who call themselves credible researchers led him astray and and made him waste his time on all the silliness and that's mm. why he loves our show shows but um Yeah, that's really the hard part is unfortunately, you know, and this is one of my complaints when it comes to this field. I personally feel the best work being done in this field is mostly being done by mainstream journalists and scientists. Um, In fact, last week, we referred to a a lot of the stories from the drive war zone. And they're doing some incredible stuff. Uh, The debrief is doing a lot of Great stuff. They're kind of on the edge of mainstream. It's a new website, but they've gotten to mainstream media attention. So stuff like that. The and, that, and then and who we're going to talk about next? John Greenwald. Uh, we always tease each other about how we were in this big argument for for quite a while, um, but that he's doing some really great work too, and we'll look into that in just a second.
1: Yeah, uh, Alejandro, I have to switch a different. I I noticed that I'm cutting out here, so I'd like to switch to my um, personal hotspot. So you can take me out for a second, if you would.
0: Okay. Yeah, I think you're you're at a hotel, right? I am, yes. Okay. You've been fine with me so far. I mean, I don't think you've messed up at all. Uh, Okay, well, let's continue on. Never mind. Okay, yeah, because you've been fine. So Uh this is really funny. Uh, Bug says Greenwald is so... Uh, irritating despite the good work he's done and it's really funny because we were teasing each other because i was like do you have that article you're going to write today done because i've been working with them or talking back and forth about the the story and uh and he said so he's like i'm just about to get it done when's your podcast and uh, he was teasing me okay here's the story now you can trash me on your show um yeah and i did louise says you're coming through just fine too But, Bug, I would love to hear what your concern is. But let's get into this. Um, Is there anything else you wanted to talk about before we get into this article?
1: No, no. No, it's a good article. I I read it just uh,
0: prior to the show. Okay, so let's look at this. And I'm going to bring it up. So it's an article by John Greenwald. And it's called... The UFO legend of unknown metal alloys housed in a secret Las Vegas warehouse. So let me give you some background here. The background is, and if you were on the show last week, we talked about John Greenwald as well, because we were talking about this story that came out, and it's still in the news that the government has admitted that they have UFO debris and they have um, analyzed it. And that story is false. The guy who wrote this story, Anthony Brigalia, unfortunately, another warning, is is someone who oversensationalizes stories to the point where he's just completely false. I mean, unfortunately, he always does this when he comes across information, even when the information would be great if he just left it alone and let it speak for himself. Itself, And this is one of those situations. So what do I mean by that? Uh, What Anthony Bergoglio actually did is pretty cool. He sent in a FOIA request um, asking for anything that uh, essentially Bigelow uh, and uh, ATIP worked on that had to do with anything or that had to do with UFO debris and analysis of it. He also, though, that's kind of the line. That's what he was asking for generally. But he also wrote a, a list of here's what I want. And in that list, he was essentially saying, I want any reports on materials. So they responded and they said, here's some documents. And they actually released some of the dirts. And these are like a defense initiative report, something like that. And, and dirt is essentially a report on something that you're doing for the government, or in this case, for intelligence intelligence. We all, if you've been following this story about ATIP and and its predecessor uh, um, project, OSAP, the Advanced Airspace Weapon System Application Program, um, we've all been following that, you know, there's a bunch of dirts related to that, that have come out. But what Pregolia got were some dirts on materials that hadn't been released before. I believe three that hadn't been seen before. Um, What was so exciting about these? is that they do talk about materials. However, not one of them talks UAPs or UFO debris. They're not about UFO debris or having UFO debris or analysis of UFO debris at all. It's not about that at all. Um, and so unfortunately to frame it that way, it's completely false. And in fact, the DOD has told a couple of people, including John Greenwald, that, yeah, that framing is completely false. We don't have anything, any UFO debris. So um, all of that was false. He's trying to say, well, since my request was about UFO debris and they sent something, then that shows they have something. No, your request was more than just about UFO debris. It was also about materials. Um, if you read, you know, we talked about John Greenwald's done a great article and video on this. And he, he makes a great point in that what on paper OSAP was is uh, looking into advanced aerospace weapon system application program. Exactly that. That they were writing prop papers about, um, de- about uh, um, advanced aerospace technologies so all of these are about potential you know warp um, speed these materials are about different types of materials we could possibly use on aircraft or spacecraft in the future but of course it are also about these could be technologies this the Russians and Chinese are using against us and that's what they're evaluating you know um, whether or not you know the Chinese or Russians have these technologies and do we need to get started? In these technologies ourselves, so the, that's what these papers are about—not UAPs, not UFO, not Roswell, none of that. So John did a great job debunking all of that. However, he ran into a problem, and this is kind of interesting because, uh, and and let's get into that part. And the problem stems around this paragraph, and I would love to hear you know your thoughts on this. Martin. Okay, I have uh, to pull the paragraph on my because it's too small on the screen. I'll read it right now too. Okay. Uh, here's what the paragraph says, and this paragraph is from the New York Times, December 2017 article that first revealed to the world that this Pentagon program that Lou Elizondo was in charge of ATIP that looked into UFOs existed. And in that article, there is a paragraph that we all have been very excited about. In fact, this is probably the most bombastic piece of news that was in this article. And it said, under Mr. Robert Bigelow's direction, the company Bigelow Aerospace modified buildings in Las Vegas for the storage of metal alloys and other materials that Mr. Luis Elizondo and program contractors said had been recovered from unidentified aerial phenomenon. The article, Um, researchers also studied people who said they had experienced physical effects, blah, blah, blah. But it says, so Martin. Yeah. When it says that he modified his buildings for the storage of metal alloys and other materials that Elizondo and program contractors, that's ATIP program contractors, said had been recovered from UAP. That makes it sound like the government's got UFO debris and that they've analyzed it, right? It does sound like that. And then, yeah. yeah. I really feel that that's what it meant. And so, and that's what John Greenwald thought it meant. And in fact, he even did a poll recently that you can see right here. Does that come up? Yeah. And the poll said, do you feel the highlighted line above the one that I just read, reporting that Bigelow Aerospace actually had in its possession metal metal alloys and other materials that Mr. Elizondo and contractors, I would even know ATIP contractors, told the NYT Times had been recovered from UAPs. Uh, And 80% said, yes, I do. So we were all under this impression, but I guess that was wrong. And John found this out because Luis Elizondo said, I never said that Bigelow had any received UFO debris from the government. He didn't
1: say that directly, but he said that he thought there was material.
0: Well, he didn't say that directly, but it says here that he did say that right, there was material. Yeah. And that Bigelow modified his buildings. So um, John's like, okay, uh, I'm sorry. Uh, th- I got this from the New York Times. He's, he was like, I didn't say that. You know, that's, that's the, what the New Times said. So then John went to Kane, uh, one of the authors, and she said, she said, you mischaracterized what we said. We did not write that Bigelow had collected material through OSAP or that Bigelow ever had material at all. We said that Bigelow modified buildings so that they could store materials recovered from what contractors told us had been retrieved from unidentified Aerial phenomena. But what contractors? ATIP contractors. So government contractors are telling you they've got material. We're obviously going to assume that that's government material. And John goes on to say the m- mainstream media did the same thing because MSNBC, Live Science, uh, all these articles all reference that the government has UFO debris. Um, but, you know, in this recent interview that, uh, that uh, George Knapp did with Bigelow, he asked do you have government UFO debris and he said no, we never received any UFO debris from the government so I think that's a really important point so the question is where does this UFO debris come from? well, those of us who have been following Robert Bigelow and his projects such as the National Institute of Discovery Sciences which was a group he got scientists together to look at uh, UFO and paranormal stuff, or um, his later project, BAS, Bigelow Advanced Aerospace Systems, Space Systems, I think it was called. Essentially, this is what we later found out was put together to work with ATIP and the Pentagon. But when it was first put together, we didn't know that. We just thought it was Bigelow's latest effort to look into UFOs. Well, along the years, we all have known that Bigelow has debris which could potentially be mysterious, um, but we don't know. People on the inside have claimed, uh, even people in Bigelow's group, people that work with ATIP and then with TTSA to the stars have claimed that this debris is mysterious and it's a UAP related, but they've shown us no evidence or anything to demonstrate that. Um, So we don't know. At one point, Gary Nolan, uh, a scientist out of Stanford, very credible um, person. I would say this is a guy, if he says it, um, it, it's likely the real deal. He says that they do have some material that they've analyzed and they've got pa- a paper or, or a few papers coming out soon on this. So that'll be great. Finally, we'll get some um, um, background on that. Stephen asked, why don't you ask Elizondo, yes or no? Did you had ATIP, just yes or no? Of course, everybody, people have asked him that. That's not in question whether he, well, I guess to Stephen's point, the DOD has in the past claimed that he wasn't in charge of ATIP. However, all of the contractors and the guy who created ATIP has also confirmed that he did work for ATIP. So that's not really in question anymore. In fact, the DOD has gone back and forth on that. But uh, Steven says he never answers. That's not true at all. He always answers that question. That's not my experience at all that he never answers that question whether he hated a TIP. Yeah, I've spoken about it. In fact, you can listen to my interviews with Lou. Um, yeah, we've talked about that quite a bit so uh where does lou think this material comes from uh lou has said he thinks that the government does have ufo debris i asked him is that what you think or is that something you think you could or you mean that's something you think but you couldn't prove that and he said i wouldn't necessarily say that and he said i don't want to talk about this anymore so essentially he doesn't like talking about this topic very much uh, yeah so uh that's kind of the status but um it's a really great article that John has here reviewing all of this. And I think that it's really important um, because for the last couple of years at think, I, at least, um, you know, everybody's been running with this UFO debris thing that the government has UFO debris
1: and here um, to find
0: out that statement from the times was wrong. And there was no government UFO debris wherever it has been.
1: Let's also discuss, do you remember last summer, the New York Times article was called No Longer in the Shadows of uh, mm-hmm. the Pentagon's UFO Unit will make some findings public. And it goes on in that article talking about Eric Davis and about crash mm-hmm. debris in that article, right? Mm-hmm. So it's yeah. continued.
0: Yeah. And you've got a great point in that, you know, that article... It's not my favorite article from New York Times, let alone Leslie Kane or because it's really weird. It was a little Um,
1: disappointing. Yes.
0: And there were several mistakes that had to be corrected, uh, including Harry Reid got upset because he believed his words were misconstrued in the article. Uh, There's even kind of a fight where. In the end, they said, well, here's what we think Harry Reid said. Here's what Harry Reid said. We're done with it. But it was a summarization of what he had said, and we don't know exactly what he said. He's saying they're just completely wrong, and they even kind of came to agree to disagree type of thing. Or, But Harry Reid blasted them. I never yeah. said anything about little green men and, you know, UFOs crashing or anything like that. He's he pretty upset about the situation. But, you know, that article... Um, I wrote a follow-up article and I don't know. <laughs> it sounds bad to say, but I was going to say, um, I like mine better
1: than the New York times.
0: Is that yeah. what you're saying? Wow. Because I didn't go tricking people. I wasn't sensationalizing What I was trying to do here is actually, um, what do we know about this alleged UFO debris? And I thought that this interview in particular with Chris Mellon was the most important because Chris Mellon is the least tainted by the UFO community and the mythology and the conspiracy. And unfortunately, I would say that quite a few of the Bigelow people kind of are along those lines. But it was surprising for me that Chris Mellon did say we should take them, um, potential crashes should be taken seriously. But he kind of used terminology that was more careful. So for instance, that New York Times article A lot of people came from that and said, oh, the government is admitting they have uh, crashed UFOs. Completely false. That's not what that article said at all. But to be honest, that New York Times thing, it was kind of suggesting that. It was, I feel, you know, trying to hype up this idea. But when you boiled it down, you know, and someone mentioned my interview with Eric Davis, that was one of the first areas where eric debris or eric davis did reference crash debris and i drilled him on this whole crash debris type of thing but essentially he told me two things the most important thing he told me is he did not know any of this firsthand sure he is a scientist who has worked on government projects but none of his government projects have been related to UFO or UAP besides ATIP or uh, OSAP, um, even though that wasn't his I mean, he was writing documents. So um, he said he, he has not worked on any UFO retrieval thing, anything like that. But these are rumors. So I asked him, well, how do you know this? Well, around the water cooler with other contractors, you know, there's lots of rumors and there's a buzz. And so these were all just second, third hand rumors that there's a buzz around that, that we could have a crash retrieval program. In fact, here's what he surmised. He surmised that we really did receive something at Roswell and there were a couple other crashes, that we had a program to try to understand their technology and back engineer them but we couldn't make heads or tails of it because it was just too advanced for us. So we m- mothballed the whole thing. We essentially put them away in a big warehouse, just like uh, Indiana Jones. Uh, so maybe when our science gets better, our tech gets better, we could revisit and try to figure it out. That's what he said. That, that was his belief of the rumors that were, were out there regarding past projects. So... What Mellon did, and I think this was a wise way to put it, is he said that, um, first of all, he confirmed, yes, Eric Davis was in some of our briefing meetings with the government, and he put it really well. He said, essentially, here's what he said uh, about the claims with debris. What I will say is that I think that assertion should be taken seriously. I'm aware, I know Eric very well. I understand his arguments. I was present in his briefings on the Hill and he tried to provide some leads for them to follow to enable them to uh, potentially to confirm this. It's an issue that should be taken seriously. I think that is the proper way to frame it is that he says he tried to provide some leads Which is a nice way to say he told them about the rumors uh, that he had heard, um, providing these leads for them to follow to potentially confirm this. Of course, it doesn't seem like that has been confirmed, but I think that's a fair way to frame it is that, you know, he has some leads. Maybe there is something out there, but since they have more control, maybe they can look into it and maybe they'll be able to find out there's something to it. But, you know, um, Eric Davis, a contractor claiming that uh, the rumors are that there was a UFO program is not proof there was a UFO crash program by any means. Uh, Mm. I think the way Chris put it is the best way to put it. Here are some leads. And I think that's what's important. People need to remember, like with the, the Wilson documents, these documents allegedly about, uh, you know, this admiral admitting to these UFO programs that allegedly happened with Eric Davis, but Eric Davis is not speaking about it. Everybody else involved is denied anything about it. Those are leads. Those are potential leads to, to, to find something. But unfortunately, when the UFO field takes this, rumor and then tries to say this is real, this is what's happening, people, it really undermines the credibility and puts the community right where maybe it should be, right where it's perceived as, which is a bunch of um people running hog wild with these rumors and not substantiating any of their claims. Um, and then even worse, getting upset with those of us who are trying to research it because we don't believe what they believe. If you're a legit scientist or um, um, mainstream media person, and I do hear this quite a bit lately, uh, and you're trying to start to talk to people about this kind of stuff, uh, and all you're telling them is unsubstantiated stuff, or even worse, you're getting upset when they don't believe you, or they don't take your unsubstantiated information Seriously, what are you gonna think? You're gonna think, wow, these UFO people are just as crazy as I thought. Um, I'm just gonna write an article about how crazy these guys are and I'm never gonna look back into this topic again uh, because it's just a mess and I'm just gonna get harassed. And that happens, that happens a lot and it's really unfortunate. But I'm just saying, you know, keep an eye out for what's vetted. Uh, which is someone is here. So yeah. what do you think about this whole ordeal?
1: Well, I, th- I think it's pretty interesting that a kind of John Greenwald's article kind of shows that it's kind of murky. You know, like there's no clarity. There's this person said this. And then the next time he spoke, he kind of said something along the lines as if he didn't say it. And then um, also that Lou Elizondo was asked on Tucker Carlson, you know, is there, is, does this material exist? And Lou hesitantly said yes. And he's actually said that when you interviewed him as well that uh, yes, but there's no clarity into, okay, if it does exist, where is it? What's being done with it? That's, that's the part we, we don't know if, if, If it's true that there is material,
0: I mean... And, you know, I like Lou a lot. Lou's great, of course. Um, But I'm not going to trust anybody on their word alone without any evidence. Um, And right now, and this is why I asked Lou, what was the nature of of that statement? And essentially, it's a belief statement. And um, Mm. until he demonstrates it's more than Eric Davis's rumors that are is the strongest because that's the strongest evidence we've been given thus far. And it's not very strong. So I, I guess
1: he, mm-hmm. the question to ask Lou is point blank. Have you yourself actually seen this material? You know, mm-hmm. no one's actually asked that question of him.
0: Well, a lot of what these guys are referring to, though, yeah, and, and a lot of what is being referred to, and that's where it's murky, and this is why they need to give details, and I think it's fair of John Greenwald to say it's murky, because it is. So the debris that people have been referencing, at least in the Bigelow arena thus far that people are getting excited about, that's not has that has nothing to do with the government, ASAP, or ATIP. Hmm. This is material Bigelow has received, but Bigelow has also worked with Valet and Nolan. Um, They have material. Of course, what these, all of these people I've just mentioned, Jacques Valet, who uh, is another scientist out there who works with Gary Nolan, um, uh, Mm -hmm. and has worked with the Bigelow guys um, in the past. They don't, they're not necessarily partners, but they've worked together on all of this in the past. Um, Linda Moulton Howe is one of those also who has had some of this material that she has shared with the others or have they've all worked on. Um, and I should include TTSA in this too, to the stars, Tom DeLong, and, and that group. So all of these guys have worked on these materials together, at least shared information. So I think that's where it gets confusing is that they're all essentially talking about the same alleged material. Arts parts, um, right? Art, Well, not necessarily. Yes, that's one of them. Yeah. One of yeah. the groups of materials. And I think that's the one that gets referenced the most is these yeah. arts parts. And there are a lot of scientists who feel that they've thoroughly debunked arts parts before. Yeah. And one was a radiator, it, a piece of a radiator, you know, car no, radiator. Well, no, actually, uh, supposedly, well, this is what I've heard. That, uh, you know, the what it comes down to is there are layers of these different materials and they're they're so small that the argument is they couldn't have been manufactured at the time. But people are saying those layers do occur naturally in nature. Ah. That's what the latest I've heard. And mm. so it's probably something natural. But mm. I don't know. You know, uh, I keep waiting for these reports that we never see. Um, So hopefully we'll get some reports that'll tell us. But there is another piece that, um, uh, and I can't remember the name that Valet has. And in fact, Robert Powell for the SCU, I think you and I did this together. Remember, Robert Powell did a talk for the SCU uh, about those pieces and about how we'll probably never know for sure whether it's mysterious or not because the other problem with lots of these pieces is that they've been submitted to people anonymously where we can't confirm that they have any origins related to a UAP event at all. So that's another problem right. with these materials. And any material that you're looking into where the origins is completely unknown, you're, you're looking at a very uphill battle there. So, and most of these materials we've been talking about for decades. And I, and to be honest that there's a level of frustration I have about this topic for that very reason. It's been decades guys. Um, and nothing has been submitted for peer review. And personally, I feel if it's not being submitted to peer review, it's because you don't have a strong enough case. It's just like in law. If you don't have a strong enough case, you're not going to bring up your case. Um, and they don't have a strong enough case. Thus far, or they haven't been able to, because it's expensive and it takes a long Very time. Very expensive.
1: I was just going to say that. enough research. Uh, that is the argument, but let me just say this about that argument. If you had something that was supposed to be from a crashed alien object or something that would prove that there was extra, extraterrestrial visitation in some type of way, um, you would find the funding no matter how much it w- would cost if you really believed that was the material in your hand. You'd figure out if you could change basically the paradigm of everything like to prove this is something from
0: manufactured elsewhere. You've got a good point. And, you know, uh, to add to your point, some of these individuals like Robert Bigelow have a lot of money already. Yeah. Yeah. You know, their own money. Right. So I'm putting links in because I guess people have been asking to the transcript and to my interview with eric davis if you want to listen to that it is definitely pretty mind-blowing i mean he was i couldn't believe he was saying some of the stuff he was saying but i was just letting him go um it was pretty interesting all right so i mean um that's about all i have for news really but uh it's been an hour so we're good yeah Uh, unless there's any other questions coming in i don't think I think we've addressed pretty much all of the questions, but uh, we'll open it up to any questions you all have. But uh, um, the William Shatner interview, I know luckily I didn't have any complaints about last week. Although if I were you, I might have complained because I broke up the interview throughout. But it was still fun. It worked. Fun. It worked. Yeah, it worked. And thank you so much, Martin. Yeah. Yeah. I was glad
1: we uh, pulled that off. Pulled it off. Oh, on, the link on, is on too live. long. Yeah.
0: Well, if you, oh, it, it went You can put there. it in
1: bit.ly, shorten it up and they send it through. again.
0: Looks like they went through. I'm going to try but to. I click don't on. know. If you just go look, all I did is went to openminds.in and, and search for Davis. I'll show you what it looks like. Even. Oops. And it came right up. Uh, Bug is saying, I don't think Eric lies. I don't think he lies either. I don't think Eric Davis is a liar. At all, um, he has said some pretty fantastical things. That yeah, you and I, don't and I talked not that. Yeah, yeah. But I believe he believes everything that he says. Um, you know, just because he believes these rumors, he said, I don't think that's a bad thing at all. Um, uh, I don't think that necessarily speaks bad on him. Um, I just, you know, you need more evidence. To to get it to me. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So I guess, and did you have anything else? I think I'm done. All right. Let me check uh, the Twitter really quick. But yeah, definitely go check out John. I know some of you said you're frustrated with him. You just think he's kind of a jerk or something like that. He can be a little harsh. In fact, we, he has been showing me his articles lately uh, and being like, is this sound too harsh? Does that sound too harsh?" And often, I'm like, "Yeah, maybe." Here's what I would have said, and um, and that well, goes he a certainly has done
1: a lot of good in this field. He has. Yeah, um, I mean, he's done done some incredible work that nobody else yeah. has put all the energy in that he has.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so that's it for that. Oh, but what I was talking about with the Shat- Shatner interview. So it might've been frustrated because it was broken up throughout the whole thing, but I did re-post it onto, face- onto YouTube all by itself. So if you wanna just hear the uh, interview with William Shatner, check out the YouTube, you'll see it right there. Um, otherwise, thank you all so very much for, uh, I think we have covered everything. Um, Greenwald gets touchy over his politics. He gets touchy over a few topics, I guess. I'll admit that. He's also a dad, a couple of young kids staying up all night and working yeah. and trying to do all of this. So, And you know how that's pretty tough. And I guess the other thing I should say, Martin, uh, as I wrap this up is what is going on with the future of this program? Well, I'm gonna be working out of California here. So I'll be doing the shows in California. Uh, I'm going to be working more of a nine to five type of thing, which means I'm going to have to do my shows later. And of course I'm in uh West coast. So I'm gonna have to do my shows probably about six or 7 PM Pacific time. I know a lot of you are late nighters on the East coast. So that won't matter. In fact, John Greenwald says the later he does his posts and and shows, the more people he gets. That's so we'll true. See. Yeah. Um, but I know that's really late for you, Martin, uh, and uh, so we'll see. Well, you have that West Coast
1: guy you can bring in there now and then. Doug? Yeah, I'm Doug, Doug in yeah. Arizona.
0: So, I can take a break now and then. Yeah. yeah. Steven says, Greenwald fell out of favor when he quit going along with the TTSA bull. I don't agree with that. At all. He was very doubtful. It wasn't TTSA. It was more along the lines of he was doubtful of Elizondo and ATIP because the DOD was getting wrong information and the DOD was wrong. So it wasn't bull um, at all. In fact, Lou came out to be true in all of his claims. Um, So he is a credible source. Yeah. Um but yeah. uh yeah so everything will be later including we have an SEU thing that Martin and I are, are going to be helping to host coming up here March, March 4th. 4th. Yeah. This is going to be great too. These are the three people. Well, uh the SEU has done a report on the Nimitz where they estimated the um the speed and the flight characteristics of the ob- object in the 2004 Nimitz uh situation covered in the New York Times article. Uh, Also, Dr. Kevin Knuth worked with Robert Powell and Peter Reale of the SCU to put up a a paper that they could put in their scientific journal, which they did. So that's really exciting. So we will have Dr. Kevin Knuth, Peter Reale and Robert Powell to talk about their paper and their analysis. I know a lot of people have questions. This is going to be a live stream, 7 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. March 4th so join us and come ask all of your questions
1: right should be good should be great exciting huh yeah it'll be a good one
0: all right Martin Well, I I think I need to get my lighting I had to set up my work computer and stuff here so I didn't get to work on my lighting as much as I hoped to I need to dial that in a little better but uh, otherwise I think we're good and you're in a hotel somewhere right I am I'm down on Cape Cod okay cool yeah
1: and it's snowing like crazy or really it was, it was so anyway. you can't go out and
0: enjoy anything
1: yeah i'm going to anyway
0: so. well stay safe all of you guys right. in the snow stay safe uh i'm gonna go out into the sunny california actually it's very chilly here it's like 61 degrees oh my god that's horrible wow <laughs> well it's but warming it's up in texas it's
1: warming up in texas so thank goodness for that's that good yeah
0: so i gotta go get outside finally so all right. Well, you have a great one, Martin. Thank you, you so too. much for joining us. All of you, you listeners, thank you for joining us. Thanks to John Greenwald, even though yep. um, people kind of think you're jerky and, and grouchy. Sorry about that. <laughs> I like yeah. you, buddy. But um, thank you for all the great work, John. And thank you all so much for listening. Until next, next time, time. Adios. smooth. Chachos. Chacho.